0: Stay tuned. East Side Radio eight nine
1: point seven FM This reminds me of my first
0: experience in radio it was back in the early eighties.
1: People with disability and mental health. There's always controversy with us. The mysteries of the mind and consciousness. And we might get to the bottom of something or we might start something new. We're gonna run the gamut and we're gonna have a good time. Waking Braves. No, not Waking Braves. We're Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves. Breaking Waves.
0: Breaking Breaking waves. Waves.
1: Tick tock, tick tock. It's the sky clock. What time is it, Riley? Well, John, it is six o'clock on New Year's Day. It's Monday night, and it's the first day of the new year and the start of a new week. So new opportunities and possibilities shine down upon us. It's the new year.
0: Uh, Whatever that means, wherever you are, and that means different things in different places. And in Australia, it means the end of the,
1: the Christmas festivus. Um, in my little world. And it is midsummer. Well, I hope you guys didn't party too hard last night or just the right amount. We've actually got some uh, party guests who we haven't been able to get rid of. And here they come now. Happy New Year. 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 Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. go, some joyous, uh, happy ukulele music, mate. Who were those people? Um, That was Sun Ra with Happy New Year to You. And that's what it's all about, I guess. It's about
0: uh, being happy, (laughs) being festivus, but it's also a time of reflection,
1: uh, it seems. Yes, John, do you ever have a tendency to look back upon the year and rank it as far as, oh, that was a great year, that was not such a good year? And what do you bring to the new year as well? Well, I think I used to do that regular when I was
0: uh, at school because – you know the turnover of the year is a major thing. When you're at school, you're kind of segregated into people of your own age, and you hang with them and you learn with them. And you know the new year brings a totally different, uh, a new program, and uh, and uh, New Year's is kind of like the end of that whole uh, Christmas festivus. And in my family. There are a lot of birthdays around – most of our birthdays are around Christmas time, so we've got all of that uh, in the mix along with uh, Christmas and New Year. But since I left school, I think it had uh, less significance for me. What about you? Well,
1: I think as a child I was largely – Kept away from the celebrations, although that's not entirely true. The celebrations were going on, but as a kid, I often, I seldom would have the stamina to stay up until midnight and take part in that whole countdown type thing. Um, but I'd, I'd try to. I don't actually think we did the staying up, and
0: drinking champagne and dancing around and stuff like that. Like I do remember going to parties uh, when I got older. New Year's Eve parties, uh, but at uh, the family thing, it wasn't. It wasn't really a thing for us. Uh, New Year's.
1: Well, at the time, John and I are both old enough to remember uh, the turn of the century, in the year two thousand. And at the time, I was living in Bondi on Campbell Parade, so it was pretty hard to escape the. Hordes of drunken British backpackers,
0: yeah. I guess, as far as expectation goes, the turn of the century was a big event, uh, in lots of ways, culturally. And, uh, you know, we had the uh, Y2K thing going
1: on then. Remember that? I don't, I only remember that retroactively because I think. You know, I was so young that it would have gone over my head. Yeah,
0: I was working in IT and it was a big IT thing, you know, because the predictions were, you know, everything's going to stop working because, you know, we haven't factored this into our computer chips. And uh, it was a total dud. Like, it was a total fizz and nothing happened. Even though millions and millions (laughs) were spent, many hours of meetings discussing the potential problems, uh, it virtually passed without notice uh, but that was a big one for me. I came to Sydney and um, remember uh, watching the fireworks with uh, my best mate. Yeah, fireworks. Fireworks are a big uh, New Year's Eve tradition. Tradition. And, you know, actually I think they kind of canned it the last few years, but uh, this year our fireworks are back again and the big concert stage with the celebrities and the rock stars and uh, part of our uh, – Festival of Sydney, celebrations. But uh, New Year's is not only a time of reflection, it's also a time for making
1: plans, and goals and New Year's resolutions. That's right, John. Do you have any New Year's resolutions?
0: Uh, I can always come up with a few, you know, eat better, more exercise, you know, get out more, <laughs> Uh, all the things that you tell yourself, you know,
1: you should do more of during the year. Yeah, I I feel the same way. I think, you know, if I was to mention the stuff I would want to work on next year, it's uh, this year rather, it's, uh sounds like it's straight out of a self-help book. Um, but that's kind of, you know, there's a reason those sort of basic f- ideas are... Um, are so resonant is because a lot of people, you know, they need to be more focused and uh, clean their rooms and these basic kind of things.
0: (laughs) And all of that stuff is, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, you never find time to get around to doing. And I guess it's good to regularly uh, have an occasion (laughs) where you remind yourself uh, of some of the things you want to achieve or goals that you've got.
1: Yes, you to, to keep yourself in check, in a sense.
0: Now, historically speaking, New Year's is really all about the rollover of the calendar year. And I guess this is something that's changed through the ages as we've adopted different... Uh, there have been lots of different calendars. The Mayan calendar, the Julian calendar... And, you know, the other weird thing is that uh, we've got all these different time zones and, uh, you know, the seasons are kind of like the opposite in the different uh, hemispheres of the world. But we're all basically on the same calendar and so we, we have this uh, turnaround of the year at the same time even though it's, uh, you know, it's winter in one part of the world and uh, summer in the other and everything in between in other places.
1: It's interesting how we just seem to adopt what is practiced in that other hemisphere, even though a lot of the iconography to do with something like Christmas, say, it doesn't really uh, match up to to our climate.
0: Yeah, it's in there with all the other public holidays, I guess. These are mandated by uh, the authorities, by the establishment, by, uh, and these days that's governments used to be churches, the church calendar. Uh, But these are more sort of civic uh, occasions rather than having any relationship to the natural world itself. Why can't we do Chinese New Year? Well, Chinese New Year is uh, pretty big in Chinatown. Uh, I think it's in uh, January, isn't it? The 10th of February. 10th of February, there you go. And, uh, you know, the, the New Year is celebrated by different cultures at uh, different times of the year, not just on, the, uh, on our calendar turnaround. Uh, and a lot of cultures still
1: preserve these uh, celebrations. The Orthodox New Year is the 14th of January.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and I believe some other uh, celebrations are held midway through the year. But once again, this is probably about the the fact that a lot of uh, going back historically, a lot of these celebrations really did revolve around the changing of the seasons, and the uh, you know the farmer's almanac, the the sky clock, the clock of nature, which is actually the real clock. Uh, but we've opposed our uh, our atomic clocks, <laughs> our human clocks on the world, and they're the clocks that the. Establishment uses to mark the passage of
1: time. Yes, it's like a sort of cartography in its own way. It's like mapping the passage of things, but like you say, John, it doesn't necessarily correspond to...
0: The birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. Now, in the USSR, uh, they weren't very fond of... Uh, religious events and uh, they kind of banned Christmas.
1: Because they were communist.
0: Well, much the interestingly, uh, they're probably, it's the same thing the government's doing at the moment here in Australia banning, uh, well, they're not really banning it, but they're sort of taking it out of the official uh, record for public holidays uh, at the moment, uh, Christmas, Australia Day and Anzac Day, uh, those titles have been removed from the public holidays and they did the same thing in uh, the Soviet Union uh, and to get around this, uh, of course, because people love to celebrate and they love the, the spirit of Christmas they actually uh, changed the date and they had a character called Old Man Frost or Father Frost and
1: he would deliver presents at New Year's Eve. So this celebration shares some similarities with Christmas in its aesthetic. Um, I've even seen some pictures of some trees associated with the Russian New Year's that – ...bear a strong resemblance to Christmas trees. And a novigod. <laughs> and there's all kinds of traditions
0: in other lands around the world. And they, uh, they celebrate or they mark this, uh, these events in different ways. The, of course, in China, they've very, always been very fond of uh, firecrackers... ...to chase away the demons. In Thailand, apparently, they, uh, they like to fire their guns to frighten off the demons. Uh, and in Denmark, there's a tradition of smashing plates and glasses. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. To banish bad spirits. In Ecuador, they, uh, they burn effigies of famous people... Uh, ...to destroy bad juju <laughs> from past years... And in the American colonies, uh, they were firing pistols again. And uh, there's some kind of ball-dropping ceremony that happens in New York. And, you know,
1: church bells and chimes uh, ring out across the world. And, John, you've mentioned how this holiday, more than any other holiday that we can think of, appears to be a time for getting absolutely sloshed. There's a real focus on the drinking culture. In fact, the first uh, drink that I ever had was at a New Year's party when I was 14. I remember stumbling down the hallway like I was in a choppy ocean.
0: <laughs> yeah, drinking's a big part of celebrating. And uh, champagne, I think, actually as a kid, I remember cold duck, which was kind of like a really cheap red sparkling wine that I believe is still around now. He was made in uh, somewhere in
1: America, in California. And how old were you when you had your first drink, John? Did it was it sanctioned by the family, or was no, it? No, uh... actually, uh, it was on the
0: army base, and I think I was about twelve years old, and my parents were away, and I was uh, playing records, and there was a girl that lived around the corner who's much older than me. She was like about three or four years older, and she brought round
1: a bottle of champagne. There is a real focus on booze, isn't there, with New Year's? And I've been thinking about how I'm in a category... Not that I've ever really done this anyway, but... I feel at my age, I'm 28, I feel I'm definitely too old to be celebrating New Year's drinking in a park. I feel like, you know, I need to be in a house. I need that creature comfort. But maybe, you know, I'll become an old homeless alcoholic who... (laughs) revels in it. (laughs) Used to be. Used to be a lot of things. Booze. But why do people take part in such alcohol-induced revelry?
0: (laughs) It's a big part of our celebrating, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Getting tanked. And I think a lot of it is about that being, you know, a shared experience and maybe a facilitator towards, you know, some kind of uh, romance or (laughs) sex or... Are we really that uptight that we need to get drunk to, you know... I'm not, but I think most people are. And whilst there is this impulse towards partying, getting drunk you know, on a scale that doesn't happen with other holidays, you know, because the Christmas thing is more like the family thing. Of course, there's a drinking component with Christmas as well. But really that sort of partying in the streets kind of thing, is it seems like it's reserved for for New Year's on the scale that that it does happen. You know, you can't get a train home because it's so busy and everything. But why why do people do it? And why is there this kind of um, impulse towards wanting company like – why are so many people afraid of being alone on New Year's?
0: Well, I prefer it. I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> well, people are different, I guess. I'm not a real big party guy.
1: And what is it, John, that's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Uh, am I
0: a misanthrope or you know, am I xenophobic or do I have a, a mental... Disorder Uh,
1: He's sick, he's sick, he's sick
0: (laughs) Yeah, how to feel alone in a crowd I could write a book about it
1: To quote the movie World's Greatest Dad Starring Robin Williams I used to be afraid of ending up all alone But then I realised It's worse to end up with people Who make you feel alone Here's
0: an interesting tidbit. Apparently, uh, when we first, um, after the Second World War, when the Antarctic uh, bases uh, started to be populated with scientists, uh, it was a huge problem because they couldn't find any uh, people to go down and work down there because it was alcohol-free environment and everybody was alcoholic. <laughs> And back in those days, the sale of alcohol was actually much more tightly controlled by the government uh, than it is now. I think uh, hotels on a weekday, hotels used to shut at um, 5.30 or 6 o'clock and people used to rush from work to the hotel and scull
1: beers (laughs) as quickly as they could. That's right. I remember my grandmother telling me about, because that was her father's era, Of working life. And this was before women drinkers as well, at least in bars.
0: Well, they weren't allowed into bars, really. It wasn't kosher for women to
1: go into bars till the mid-60s. I suppose that New Year's has about it a similar kind of redemptive energy that Christmas does in the sense that people are trying to let the energy and excitement blow their troubles away and, you know, look forward to things with a bit of optimism and just take in, like, the the peace and enjoyment of that which is surrounding them.
0: Like turning a page, Uh, starting a new chapter in the story.
1: That's right. Letting go of the previous year and a big celebration only to begin again. It's a time of sanctioned good wishes.
0: Because we don't normally walk around (laughs) wishing everybody a a happy day.
1: Not in Sydney anyway. No, if you say hello to strangers, they'll look at you like you're a a freak. But that's the nice thing
0: about... um, Christmas and New Year's is that you, you know, you greet people that you don't
1: normally talk to and you can kind of go like, you know. Greetings and salutations, many happy returns and happy New Year. Yeah, happy days. It's the one time of the year where you can say that and not... It's an amnesty (laughs) against the general hostility. that's That's it. In this city, in this like business it's when we put
0: our guns down and yeah. and uh, swap cigarettes and eat Christmas cake and drink some champagne before we go back to shooting each other.
1: Even the bad relatives will have fun if you give them enough duck fat. <laughs> Cold duck. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why it is that people's New Year's resolutions are so often not followed through on. Uh, One could be celebrating New Year's, holding all these goals and ambitions in their heart, and then the 1st of January rolls around and they shake off the hangover and they start to think, well, I'm just going to put it off for a little while longer after all. I've only got a couple more weeks before I have to be back at work or a week or whatever it is. And so they forestall that um, progress that they want to make in favor of a sort of idleness around that holiday period. Um, And I was thinking that maybe this year I can try to really attack January and kind of front load the year with uh, getting things done then just so I don't get caught up back into the, the rolling waves, which will inevitably catch me anyway. Well, I have a thesis on this topic.
0: Being the man without a plan, uh, in the world I live in, it's actually not possible to make concrete plans. Certainty is not available to us at any level, although you can make predictions and you can make things happen and we can manifest, you know. The amazing thing about being an intelligence is we can uh, dream and make those dreams come true. But actually uh, concrete, rigidly structured plans usually always fall apart and that's because the nature of the world is that Uh, It's not a machine. We don't live in a mechanical universe where if we do enough calculations, the future is set in stone. It's not a big clock winding down. It's full of possibilities. And the reason for that is the uncertainty that's built into the very fabric of the stuff we're made of. And although we live in a world at the moment uh, where the current paradigm is that everything can be measured (laughs) and chopped up and examined uh, to give us precise information, (laughs) it's not really like that. And so for me, the most important thing to consider is principles of operation, uh, strategies, rather than concrete plans. Um, And this is the way I operate, for better or for worse. And it's not smooth sailing in a world where everything (laughs) follows a rigid program. But it seems to be the only way that I can exist.
1: Well, how does that manifest for you? Like, what's the difference between a strategic approach and a concrete approach in, like, application?
0: So my... Resolution, perhaps, should be to dare to dream (laughs) because that's how we achieve all the amazing, wonderful things that we're able to do. And without our dreams, what are we? What do you reckon, Riley?
1: Well, I reckon daring to dream is a good mantra for 2024 and I certainly wish all of the listeners well. And no matter what strange weather might be coming down the pipe, you know, whatever the year might throw, if you can keep your own house in order, I mean, the in, your internal world, if you can be working on that, well, that can help fortify against come what may. And so, on that note,
0: we will say adieu to you all, sayonara, and
1: goodbye. That's right, folks. And thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the third episode of this John and Riley season and, of course, the first episode of Breaking Waves for the new year. And we'll be back later on down the line. But until then, we hope that... January treats you well. and Maybe uh, some of those resolutions won't seem too far flung and out of reach. Dream, 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 Keep dream, on dreaming. Dream, 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 dream Sayonara. We'll be back.
0: i <laughs> You're listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community-owned and operated media stations just like this one, that connect people and tell vital, local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au.